Hey, Jason here. Normally, I'd listen to the whole podcast, but I've paused it just a few minutes in because initially I thought you were asking if we tinkle, K-L-E, as opposed to tingle, G-L-E, and I thought I was going to have to raise the X card. Luckily, you clarified it was tingle, and I was able to put that safety tool away. Okay, I paused again to answer your question, which no doubt was just um, rhetorical, but the apophical story of where Bob's your uncle came from is that conservative prime minister Robert Gascon Cecil, the third Marquis of Salisbury, appointed his nephew, Alfred Balfour, as chief secretary for Ireland in 1887 a horrendous act of nepotism, which surprised everybody and was very unpopular. The issue with this, of course, is that it wasn't first used, the expression wasn't used till 1924, which is probably why this isn't really the origin of it. Um, but yeah, that's the theory where Bob's uncle came from. So Cepheus Deluxe. I've got to tell you, Traveler, I've had Traveler from back in the day, back when you could die during character creation. And the system never, you know, excited me. And even Cepheus Deluxe, the system doesn't overly excite me. It doesn't make me tingle. But it's better than regular Traveler. I like little flourishes, like the fact that your combat skill makes you better at hitting and harder to hit. I, I think that makes sense in a simplified way. So I like that. I think part of it is hard sci-fi, hard science fiction games have just never really done it for me. You know, back in the day, I had Traveler. We never really messed with it. Star Frontiers, and then later on in the Army, Star Wars, the D6 Star Wars, the only true Star Wars. You, you know, we played those. Um really enjoyed those two, but I would play this. I, I, I don't think, I think this sounds better than any other version of Traveler, the best version of Traveler I've heard so far, but, and I like your setting and some of your ideas, but, but I think I'm more of a science fantasy guy personally, um, and, and I like to have rules that make me tingle a little bit more. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the show. My name is First Age, not really, and I'm here to burble on about role-playing games. I think today what I have is a like an extra. It's a call-in episode. I've had a few call-ins, and I thought I would respond to them. Um, at the top of the shop, you've already heard from Jason Connolly from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, referring to the tingling that Cepheus Deluxe may or may not give you. Tinkling, tinkling, Jason, you're quite right. It's a whole other reaction, um, um, especially if it's uncontrolled and, I expect, and, you know, and unexpected. Uh, I, I do have a safety tool confession, 
um, which I'm going to cross my legs and hang on for after a later call in. But to recap for people who have just, you know, nosedived into this podcast, why on earth would you have done that? Uh, we're talking about Cepheus Deluxe. It's a new iteration of open content traveller, a science fiction role-playing game from Stella Gamma Publishing in this case. And it's a game that I was, well, quite effusive about, I suppose, um, just of late on the podcast. And it really works for me on paper. And I've, I've yet to get it to the table, though, but I'm, I'm reasonably confident it will do pretty much what I'm expecting it to do. And that's a good thing. Of course, we we aren't always going to tingle at the same things and for the same games, and that's really part of the joy of it all, isn't it? And Jason, you're you're not the first person to tell me that Traveller leaves you feeling a little flat, perhaps in this case a little numb. Um, science fantasy, yeah, I get that. Um, I I kind of feel Cepheus Deluxe is heading in that direction, but I think I know where you're going, and I I, mean, I wonder I wonder if we blend in some Sword of Cepheus sword and sorcery flavour with uh, a dash of Cepheus fantasy non-humans into the mix and furiously stir if we'd evoke perhaps for you a, the, the briefest of tingles or maybe a convulsion I don't know I mean perhaps if we headed stage left and look at an epic science fiction setting for Cepheus engine Godstar from Zosa Games now this is a Dune-like science fantasy game so it, it chimes with your recent discussions about dune on your podcast mystics paranormal powers personal shields dueling yeah maybe maybe but i think sometimes i think i'm pushing it really aren't i and it's sometimes easier just to doff the cap and acknowledge a particular game or system just isn't for a person and there's no harm in that Bob very much is your uncle, or maybe Fanny is your aunt. There are lots of games out there, and indeed, on my gaming shelves. And just a quick reflection, actually. I'm going to throw this in, Jason. One of these things about reading the book or seeing the film, people on Jason's podcast were talking about the difference between the two and their experiences of that. I've got a nuance on that again, I think, which is that, for, certainly for Dune... Um, I have read the book so long ago that I can't really remember it all. And uh, you have to forgive me, but I mean, Dune is quite a dense read, really good. And I think I've read the first, I want to say the first four. I haven't perhaps read quite the last two. I don't know why. I have to sort that out. But so I'm kind of in this middle ground where I'm watching a film, having read the book, having only partly remembered the book, and I, it's almost like perfect. The film can't disappoint me for any variances there might be, because I'm never very sure what the variances frankly are. But I've got enough of a grounding to really enjoy and understand what's going on with the book or the memories of the book filling in some of the gaps. That's a complete side uh, sort of side quest there in terms of this podcast. But I don't know if you people out there get that experience when you watch a film and you say, yeah, yeah, I didn't read the book, you know, when I was, you know, in nappies um, and can't remember it. So there we are. Anyway, enough of that. Let's have some more Jason. I may still pick up the Cepheus Deluxe book. I think you, you said that a hardback book is coming out or a print book. I may pick that up because it, it sounds worthwhile. Of course, I, I'm backing 
the Stars Without Numbers printing coming out, and I'm not sure that this does anything Stars Without Numbers doesn't do, to be honest. But, but it sounds interesting enough. If nothing else, I'll pick the PDF up. The last system that made me tingle, maybe Ninja City. Ninja City is a adaptation of Dungeon Crawl Classics to play 80, actions, 80 action movies and ninja movies. And, you know, I picked that up. I ran a session of it with some guys. Uh, I interviewed the author of it on my podcast. Really enjoyed it. I think that was maybe the last game that really made me tingle. I have dived briefly into Stars Without Numbers. I didn't get quite the same tingle as Cepheus Deluxe, at least from a game system point of view. Not for me. Loads that was fantastic about Stars Without Numbers, though. Um, Maybe that puts me in a minority, but uh, yeah, great. But probably from a game point of view, game part, no. I'd, I'd happily, happily play in a game of it, though. Um, and I agree with you that they do cover similar ground. And, well, I mean, perhaps we've just found different vehicles for a similar journey. I'm currently gearing up to run Cyberpunk 2020, and that system has made me tingle since the early 90s when I first played it. But that's a long-time love, so I don't think that counts. Um, Anyhow, I look forward to hearing your further adventures and further experiments. I hope you're doing well, and I will talk to you soon. Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I hear I hear you about Cyberpunk 2020. I, I, I was reflecting. I wonder if my tingle for Cepheus Deluxe is like a sparkler, right, that you're holding in a, in a badly fitting woolen, woolen gloves on a very cold bonfire night that you think has finally gone out, sadly, for it then to flash back into phosphorus life, much to your delight. I mean, it's happened to me um, some time ago. Uh, In which case, the Cepheus Deluxe game is an echo of old tingles that go right back to Basic Traveller and my gaming of the early 80s. It's done well, though, and I think recurrent tingles or echo tingles definitely count. So it's allowed, um, so tingle on. So, can you catch the tingle vicariously? Is it possible for the tingle to be transmitted over the internet or in the form of sound waves? Mm. Well, I've got the terrible feeling that it is, because after listening to your podcast about Sophia's Deluxe, I had this overwhelming desire to go out and buy a copy, which, given the fact that I'm quite committed to Mongo's second edition, um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, do I need to go and see a doctor and, and get a course of treatment? Do I need to, to get vaccinated against Sophia's, or um, do I just embrace the change and enjoy? Well, thanks very much. This has been the governor from the Tavern Bulletin Board. Um all my love and respect for the stage. All right, Governor. All right. Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. I have also invested heavily in Mongoose Second Edition, and so we and so we should. They are. They've been, as I say, I think I mentioned, they are the 
sort of torch bearers, the sort of banner wavers for Traveller and have done an amazing job with it. There's so many good things coming out from Mongoose next year as well. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Do you diversify? Do you head off into Cepheus land when you've already got kind of like a really good iteration of 2D6 Traveller uh, under your belt I don't know. It's a good question. You probably don't need to, do you? So, yes, get vaccinated from it, maybe, or maybe just, you know, embrace it and, um, you know, go for some sort of, um, yeah, just have it. <laughs> just have it. Have it as well. It, it doesn't cost a great deal. It's got some great ideas in. You can blend it in. You know full well, I know the governor knows full well, that blending the 2D6s, as I mentioned in the podcast, um, uh, is is all part of the fun. It's a bit like BRP in that sense. You can sort of throw bits and pieces around until you have what you want. So in that sense, it's probably a no-brainer to get... No, I'm coming round. Yeah, uh, go and buy it, Governor. Go and buy it now. <laughs> and uh, enjoy it. Or, or if I can persuade you, uh, maybe get to enjoy it in play. Uh, maybe next year. Um, I do hope to get it to that table at some point. Cheers for your call, Gov. Talk soon. Hey there, First Age. It's Che, Roleplay Rescue. Just wanted to call in regarding the Cepheus Tingle episode. Yes, I tingle. And ironically, I suppose, um, I've been tingling about Cepheus too. I've been not well and off work. And whilst feeling rubbish, got myself reading Cepheus, um, the original uh, system reference document. That's the word I was looking for. And I just started playing, and um, it's been great. I, I rolled up a world, I created a character, and off I went. And I've been playing solo, which has been good fun. And like you said, it's kind of good lonely fun, isn't it? And, um, well, I don't know, maybe it'll go somewhere, I don't know. But right now, it's been it's been quite fun. I just wanted to say thanks for letting me know about Cepheus Deluxe. It sounds exactly what I don't want, um, and it's great to know that. So um, no, I just want—I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, I tingle and I tingled Cepheus too. Game on, man! Hello, Che, and good to hear from you. Uh, excellent, basically. Good to hear that uh, the Cepheus SRD tingling going on in your sector. I do wonder if I have somehow switched you off the Deluxe iteration possibly and if so that's quite interesting it's adjacent so very close but you know maybe the options and simplifications do nudge the game in a very slightly different direction it's a nuanced shift but it sounds like to be honest you've just found what you want already so i salute i salute the cepheus tingle it's great when you kind of find something that just kind of works for the moment that you're in you know, and it sounds like Cepheus has done that for you, which is really nice. And uh, something that absorbs and uh, kind of takes you away, as it were. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what galaxy you were in, but uh, I hope it went well. And uh, yeah, brilliant. Hey, Graham, this is Gary Snow from Daiku Games. I just... Uh, Finished uh, listening to uh, your episode on the uh, Cepheus system and that tingle that you uh, talked about. And uh, I was uh, excited by that. So I went and downloaded the game and checked it out. And very exciting. And it also made me dust off my old uh, Traveler books. So very uh, happy that you covered that in your podcast. And it also made me think you talked about uh, D-Genesis in uh, your uh, recent um, YouTube video. So 
And given the recent news around DeGenesis, I actually wondered if you had an opinion on what, maybe what they could have done differently or where it's going to go in the future. So anyways, great content and uh, hope you have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Gary. Gary from Daiku Games. Uh, great to hear from you. And yeah, super chuffed that you've explored your Traveller tingles. It's all good in my book. So um, that's great. Uh, we should jam some more about uh, Cepheus Deluxe, I think. That'll be really good. Yeah, and thanks for your comments on Degenesis as well. Just to explain to podcasters, I've talked a bit about Degenesis, I think, on the podcast or somewhere. It's a post-post-apocalyptic role-playing game, but from Six More Vodka. It is the the most sumptuously illustrated, jaw-droppingly, beautifully uh, created, physically created uh, role-playing game that I have the privilege to own. It, it's tremendous. It's really, really good. It, the game itself is, as I say, it's a post post apocalyptic setting. So it's hundreds of years in our future. You know, society has re-established itself, but in a way that's very different to what we know. It's quite tribal, um, with cults and which uh, bind humanity together. And our humanity is is key here against the new environment of the world, which has changed dramatically from the world that we know. It's set effectively in Europe, but it's not a Europe that you would sort of rapidly recognize so quite alien in that sense it comes with a a very i was i'm going to say straightforward no nonsense fairly traditional um dice pool system which actually i think works really really well it i mean it takes a little bit getting used to as anything new does but it's it's not difficult and it is linked to the setting uh, and some thoughts been applied to it. It all kind of works. I'm actually totally happy with it from a game point of view as well. And the setting is tremendous and really wants to be played out as a campaign. I'll come back to that in a moment because I actually ran it as a one-off. So I'll talk a bit about that in a second. But to your point, Gary, so the business model, uh, as was for Six More Vodka, as I understand it, is all of the PDFs, all of the beautiful PDFs are available for free. So you can download those and it's free to play in that sense. And the business model, I think, I think was, you know, money would be made on buying the physical copies. And they are gorgeous. I mean, and they and well, I'll come to them in a, in a, in a moment. But the, the actual physical copies of the books are gorgeous. I know because I went out and bought all the hardbacks. I went for one of the bundle deals and I was I was delighted to receive those. I think there's also sort of crowdsourcing opportunities I think on their site, I may be wrong there, but there are other ways of, of supporting them and, and saying, yes, please, can we have another book kind of thing. So all good, except not long after I bought uh, all the hardbacks and, and I decided that I was going to run it at, at a convention. Um, we got the very sad news from Six More Vodka that they've decided to close the doors on this creative uh, project. And partly, I think, or I think largely because there simply wasn't the sort of funding there to really justify their immense talent on this. So partly a labour of love, but it just didn't seem to really work. So to your question, Gary, about, you know, what might you have done different? I think it's a highly, it's a really interesting question. And I'm I'm probably not, you know, I'm probably just honestly not best qualified to answer. And I don't want to pretend that I can either get into the heads of the guys at um, Six More Vodka or indeed say that their model was kind of wrong it clearly from business point of view didn't didn't work out 
Um, but there may have been other things going on that sort of persuaded them to to, to look at that as a way of uh, as a way of managing that project. I guess you know other things that you know, you know clearly you could have sold the PDFs, you could have sold the oh you could have given the PDFs away free uh, with the hard copies, as is often the case with many companies will do that. There may have been other other models. They may have gone for sort of actually upfront kickstarting to bring some upfront monies. I guess there could have been the ways of doing it. I mean, I don't really know. All I can say with any certainty is the game is is terrific. It's still terrific, even though the doors have closed on more product. There is a, a large number of uh, PDFs and books available right now. I'll put links in the show notes. Really great game, very deep, and really playable as well. So, yeah, I'm... I, I took the decision, as I say, to run it. I wanted to run it. I was one of those ones where I thought, you know, I can't just leave this as a pretty thing on my shelves. No, I want to play it, actually. How am I going to play it? Well, as usual, for some of these things, the way I get to play it is by running it. So that's what I did. And I took one of their scenarios and I ran it at the Furnace Convention. So I was asking a lot of myself, brand new, very rich and deep, setting brand new system and the first convention and indeed probably face-to-face outside of family face-to-face gaming I'd, I'd done in two years i kind of pushed myself a bit with this because it would have been much easier to go for something that you're comfortable with and know very well but i went for something that was quite alien and i think the game went really really well and i've got some evidence for that the, the system itself plays fine uh, it's really straightforward, sort of D6 dice pool, as a, you know, and it, ju- it just works. Um, but it is new. I had five players, and I would say of the five, I'm going to say three really got it and uh, really enjoyed it. Of those three, I think the reason that they, it worked, they were the sort of player who could sit down at a table where they don't know anything. And let's face it, none of the five players knew very much about Degenesis but we're prepared to sort of learn as they go and to sort of experience the game and start to get into it at a pace that they were comfortable with and could do. And as a consequence, I think three of the five loved it. And in fact, I think one of them actually, yeah, was pretty much saying, you know, I think I might buy this. This is, this is really good. I think I wouldn't mind a go myself. So that told me that the game was, it, the game itself was fine, but it is one of those things where if you're sitting down and you're a, you're a particular type of player where actually everything's a bit alien. It's a Europe hundreds of years in the in, in the future. It's not a Europe you'll recognise. Uh, it's got you know very specific technical names for things which, which don't mean anything to you. It's got cults. It's got clans. Um, it's got locations. It's got uh, types of uh, adversaries, and they've all got different names. And so you sort of, oh, gosh, you know. And I think for two, it, it was just too overwhelming. So, that, you know, they just simply couldn't get their hands around it quickly enough and were just left puzzled by most of it most of the time. So I think, actually, that was very interesting for me, um, that even if you present it as carefully and as packaged as you can, uh, with as much information as you can, if you've got three hours and it's very alien, you know, some players are just not going to take to it. And and that's no slight on them whatsoever. That's just the way it is. So I thought it's a very interesting experience running it. 
I would love to run it again. It's really a campaign game. It's really a campaign game. It, you know, it, it, it's wanting you to really explore what's happened, how you as individuals are operating in a community, and how you are ascending through the hierarchies that now exist. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a really good game. Will I will I get it to the table again? Oh, well, I hope so. Will I run it at a convention? Well, that's the easy way. I say easy, it clearly isn't easy. It's the easy way in terms of making sure it happens. But will it happen? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try and play in somebody else's game of the Genesis. I'll put links in the show notes. Please go and take a look at it. I would encourage you certainly to have a look at the PDFs because you you can, as I say, um, download those uh, for free. I would I would encourage you to buy it. I mean, if you, if you take to it, I think as a thank you to the creators, buy it or perhaps buy the core book. What I would say is I don't think they're going to be doing much more in the way of printing. So over time, their stock will simply go. So that there is kind of a time criticality to this. You're going to have to go out and do it if you want it. Certainly take a look at it. You will be amazed and blown away by the art which is of a very particular, and I'm going to say slightly daring style, very dramatic, uh, and at least for me it works really, really well. But thank you, Gary. Thank you for the call-in and the chance for me to burble on a little bit about Degenesis. Now, something else, Gary, I wanted to talk about was uh, your uh, community video. Yes, so Gary's got a Kickstarter out now. I'm a bit late, so I think the Kickstarter is almost done. I have backed it, Gary. Um, this is a sort of video about Sentrybox. Now, Sentrybox is a really uh, famous game store, friendly local game store, no less, in Calgary, in Alberta, West Canada. Um, and yep, so Gary's doing a video about this incredible. Uh, this incredible store it's it's enormous uh, it's an enormous store of, of in, in amazingness and um, yeah just to note Gary um, actually I'm actually in Calgary next year um, so I'm I'm traveling to Calgary with my missus my missus is doing all the clever stuff she's uh, on a PhD um, field trip uh, as part of her PhD studies um, linking up with the University of Calgary, I'm there to carry the bags, uh, which I'm not unhappy about. And <laughs> I will, I will be there and do that. But while I'm there, I'm literally going to be kicking around Calgary for a few days. Uh, I shall certainly be going to the Sentry Box uh, during my stay. Uh, I shall probably, well, given the size of the place, I can, oh, you know, I can see me just wandering about there for the best part of a day no less i'm really looking forward to that actually um so yeah so so thanks for the video and what a great connection uh, between us so I'm, I'm looking forward to that immensely i shall burble more about the sentry box uh, on this podcast and wherever i can um after i've been uh, next year so yeah um links to sentry box community videos all sorts of wonderful things that gary's involved in uh, down in the show notes great thanks very much gary great to talk to you uh, even if it's asynchronously and remotely such is the way of these things um we'll talk again soon i'm sure 
Well, I think I'll, um, I think I'll make that a wrap now for this episode. Really nice to have some call-ins. Thank you so much for all my call-ins. It's great to talk to you. Again, sort of, you know, in, in this fashion. Um, but it's, it, it really feels like a conversation uh, when, when I get some call-ins. So it was really nice to, to respond to them. Yeah, so there we are. I, I, I've got a few more things coming on the podcast. One of the things I want to talk about is current projects. And I will... I will be talking a little bit about the uh, book that I've got partly in layout, but also something about focus. And I've got I've been juggling so many things, uh, work as well, of course. I've been juggling so many things, and I have I don't feel I'm really getting through the things that I really want to get through, and completing the things that I want to complete. And I think it's just because I've got so many balls in the air, as it were. I'm I'm kind of juggling rather than rather than getting things done. But um, I'll talk a bit more about that next time. For now, I hope I find you well. Uh, I hope I find you uh, safe. And I hope I find you happy. And please do leave me a voicemail or, or something if you, want to, if you want to chat or have any thoughts or anything you want to talk about on the show. I'm available on Anchor and I'll put a link in the show notes. And also send me an email to first.age at ttrpg.com. Dot UK. Either way, you'll get to me and we can jam. Cool. All right. See you, everyone. Take care.